The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to Once while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long, but have caught nothing. Yet if you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching people. When they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen. Amen. I think one of the ways that God surprises us is by the people God chooses to do his work. I remember distinctly the bishop when I met with him in South Dakota about the possibility of uh, being ordained. He said that uh, if when and if you go to seminary, he said you might find yourself there looking at other students and wondering why did they ever come? Whoever sent them? <laughs> Well, I got to see Barry Western. I was uh, in the chapel one day, and I recalled what he said, because that chapel is, uh, is built on the, what is, I think, called the collegiate model, which means that we sat in choir and looked at, at each other across the way, across the aisle, the altar on the, on the east end. And then uh, at the west end of the chapel, of course, was something that they sometimes called the Court of the Gentiles, where everyone else sat. There were some chairs set up. And we usually had our, our, we had our usual spot that we sat in. You know, we're all creatures of habit. And I remember kneeling there one day in the chapel, looking across the aisle at some of my classmates, some who were ahead of me, and looking at one and wondering, why? Why? <laughs> then I remembered what the bishop said. There'll be someone looking at you and asking the same question. <laughs> God surprises us. I have been surprised over and over that, first of all, God would call me to anything. And perhaps you've been surprised at that in your own life. God calls, uh, the, God calls those sometimes who are least equipped to do the task that is set before them. 
And God, it seems, almost always calls those who are most need of God's forgiveness. We have a number of wonderful examples in today's lessons. The first from the Hebrew Scriptures is that story about Gideon that we don't hear very often. But God has directed Gideon to save Israel from the Midianites, who were just terrible, terrible oppressors. And Gideon says, not only am I the least of my family, but our tribe is the least of all of the tribes. Why would you ask us? But Gideon responds and, in fact, does save Israel to the glory of God. And then in today's epistle, we hear in this letter of Paul, in his first letter to the Corinthians, how he goes through telling them how they have received the faith, essentially. He tells them about what they have been given, how important that is. And then he gives sort of a lineage of this message that has come to them. And he tells how Christ appeared after his resurrection to Peter, then to the twelve, then to five hundred, then to James, and then to all of the apostles. And then he says, finally, to me, the least of the apostles. He writes, I am the least of the apostles, unfit to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. And yet, God called Paul. And because of Paul, the gospel was spread among the Gentiles and eventually throughout the world. But I think it's in today's gospel that we see in particular how this happens in our lives, in, in our lives, yours and mine. And the example we're given is the example of Peter. Jesus had been preaching throughout Judea. And one can imagine that the crowds had been growing larger and larger. And certainly, Peter knew who Jesus was. Because we have a record that uh, actually Jesus had healed his mother-in-law at Peter's house and others who were present there. So it was very clear that Peter knew who Jesus was and what a great person of authority he was. Well, Peter, James, and John were in the fishing business. And they had been out fishing all night and had caught nothing. Jesus at, at that morning had come by apparently and the crowds were following him. And in order to get away from the crowds enough to be able to preach to them, he borrowed a boat and went out a little ways from the shore. He preached, then came back, and he told these fishermen, now this is a carpenter, mind you, telling these fishermen, go out, take your boats out again. Now they had just washed the nets. And if any of you have seen the nets that are used at the Sea of Galilee or throughout, really, throughout the world to uh, gather fish, those nets are huge, they're heavy. And to have washed them and to have put them away must have been a huge task for them after having worked all night. And Jesus says, go out again. Go out to the deepest part. And so after uh, putting up a bit of a fuss, Peter does go out and he casts the net. And the net is filled with such a catch that it required another boat in order to hold it all. And they nearly sank. It was such an abundant catch. And then, G and then Peter comes back. And as he comes to the shore, he sees Jesus. And realizing what has happened, he falls to his knees and comes to Jesus' feet. And he says that I am not worthy to be in your presence even. And Jesus simply says to him this. Don't be afraid. 
Don't be afraid, Peter. From now on, you will catch people. I think so often we focused on that last part. You'll be fishers of men, you know, is the way we sing it in the song. So we miss that other part that's so important. Don't be afraid. Well, apparently, Peter was not much afraid after that. There was there were some moments that were certainly recorded when he was afraid to admit to knowing Jesus in that last week of Jesus' life on earth. But Peter became bold and everything changed for him after that. I think in this account of uh, the calling of Peter that we see something that relates to our lives and the way God encounters us. First of all, I think that we need to see that God comes to us in the ordinary times of our lives. I know that uh, some people uh, will go off seeking God, so to speak, to a monastery or some special retreat, hoping that in that way they can draw closer. But I think the reality is, while those are all good experiences and are important for our spiritual development, the reality is that God encounters us in the ordinary times of our lives. When we're going about our business, sometimes very mundane business, sometimes even business that's not very good. Because if you think about those that have been called from Scripture, we see that Peter was engaged in his business as a fisherman. Moses was tending his father-in-law's sheep. And Paul, of course, was on his way to persecute Christians. That's when God encountered those people in the things that they were doing day in and day out. God seems to encounter us when we are most genuinely ourselves and when we're not self-conscious about it. We're just being ourselves. I think another thing that we see in this, pa in this particular passage is that God comes to us. It's not about us necessarily going to God. We see, of course, that Jesus came to Peter. Peter did not seek Jesus out on this occasion. Jesus came along with that large crowd and told Peter what to do. He engaged Peter. So many times we say, I am seeking God, when the truth is that God always seeks us first. I think it's very important for us to pause this morning and, and realize that it is not an accident that we are here gathered in this sacred space, worshiping together, singing hymns of praise, hearing the gospel proclaimed, and then gathering around and participating in the sacrament. That is not an accident. You are here because God has called you here. Somehow, in some way, God has engaged your life and you are here. It's all God's doing. It always is. It's all God's doing. The only thing we need to do is respond. Finally, I think that we see in Peter that he is so overwhelmed by the abundance of God's grace that in that moment he recognizes his own inadequacies and his sinfulness. I think part of our coming into relationship with God almost always has that as an aspect of it. There is a sense in a moment when we realize that I'm just not up to this. I'm just not worthy of this. 
Why should God love me? And we think about all of those things that are undone in our lives. All of those places in our lives where we have missed the mark, which is another way of saying that we have sinned. Or where we have, by what we do or by what we have not done, we have separated ourselves from the love of God, which is another way of saying that we have sinned. Some of the sins that we carry with us, we know about. We're conscious of them. And we know what they are. I know what mine are. And I know that there are some of them I can do something about. But we also know that there is an aspect of the sin and this separatedness from God that we carry with us that is not something we can always do something about. Karl Rahner, the the great German theologian, And when he wrote one of his uh, books on theology, it was during a time when apparently the banana growers, the plantation uh, growers, had been particularly uh, uh, bad when it came to the way they treated the, the people who were working for them. And he says about original sin, he says, every time that I eat a banana, I participate in the sin of the plantation owners. And in a sense, that is the sin that we carry with us being people who participate willingly or unwillingly, often unwillingly, in a broken world. And into that, God comes and says, I love you. God always comes to us when we are aware of our sin and we we can't imagine how God could ever approach us. And God says, I love you. Every child knows what it is to have that fear of punishment for having not done something that they should have done or perhaps most often having done something they were told they should not have done. And all of us have carried that with us, I think, all of our lives. It's something that we unfortunately project onto God, this idea of a parent who is going to punish. What Scripture tells us over and over again is that God comes to us as a loving parent. God comes to us in our need and says, I love you. God also tells us not to be afraid. And I think that's the other part of that aspect of God that we sometimes lose sight of. The writer of 1 John makes it very clear when he says that perfect love casts out fear. God doesn't want us to be afraid. God wants us to recognize and receive God's love. And when we do, our lives are transformed and we are able to say yes to God's call in our lives. Over and over again, I think we hear the great accounts from Scripture where people of faith and sometimes people of very little faith were amazed and awed to discover that God was calling them. God, the creator of all, was calling them. And there were those who recognized in Jesus the embodiment of the love of God. And they were lifted by the Spirit of God, exposed to their unworthiness, then loved and forgiven, excited by the Lord's presence, raised up with new hope, given new life, Sent with a purpose, empowered to serve, willing even to die. 
And they were then, like we are now, humans ministering to other humans, sinners ministering to other sinners. So I want to tell you this day, if you hear nothing else, this day know that you are loved by God and you are called. You are called to walk beside. You are called to serve. You are called to proclaim good news. You are called by love to love. Amen. Amen.